All right. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? All right. Good to see you all up in here. I uh, just want to reiterate what one thing um, Pastor Adam was saying in that announcement is our Christmas Eve candlelight services. Everyone say 2.30? 2.30. And 4 p.m. Okay, those are, the, those are the service times for our Christmas Eve candlelight services, and those services are be about an hour, so it's not a um, pretty, pretty quick service, but an awesome time for the whole family and a great tradition here at City Lights Church, and so we'll see you there. Again, the following day, Sunday, December 25th, no church that day, stay home. Don't, I mean, you don't have to stay home, but you can't come here, all right? <laughs> Actually, you could come here, but you can't get in, so... You can have church in the parking lot. All right. Um, before we get into the message, I just want to also remind you that this month we are encouraging everyone who calls uh, City Lights Church their home to participate in one of our four um, holiday generosity opportunities. And um, there are four ways. You can give time, you can give talents, you can give tangibly, and you can give financially. And I highlighted each of these last week, but there is a little handout in the foyer. If you'd grab one of these on your way out, there's a few ways that you can connect with us. Um, if you grabbed one of those ornaments off the giving tree, we're supposed to bring that back by today. Um, if, you, if you really want to get in on that, you can still grab one today and bring it back next Sunday, but um, definitely not after next Sunday. So does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right, grab your Bibles. Um, good place to land would be 1 Timothy chapter 6. When I was praying about today, um, what the Lord would want me to share today, um, I got two words. Made in America. It's a joke. It's a joke. First of all, that's three words, and some of you know what I'm referencing. If you don't know what I'm referencing, ask someone after church. No, I did get two words, and this, here are the real two words. Contentment and, but not and, and's not the other word. Contentment and discontentment are the two words that I felt like the Lord put on my heart for us today. Uh, I want to dovetail with the Advent theme this week, which is the theme of joy. Everyone say joy. joy. How many know that joy is an important part of being a human? The joy of the Lord is our strength. You don't have joy, guess what? You don't have strength, amen? Joy is integral, very important part of the Christian walk. Joy is a, uh, one, of the fruit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When we walk in union and unity with the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of that is joy in our lives. What does joy have to do with contentment and discontentment? Well, a lot. And here's what I want to say. In some respects, we should have total contentment in our life. And obviously, the byproduct of being content is going to be joy. Amen? Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? That's, a, that's what a, the abundant life, the joyful life looks, life looks like. But in some respects, we should also have a divine discontentment for the world that we live in. Amen? So I want to talk about the difference between the two today, because we should be content in the Lord, and there should be a divine discontentment that we all have. If you're a Christian, these are two things that are supposed to be held in tension in our lives. So I want to talk about the difference. Both of these, if you walk in both of them, if you have divine contentment and divine discontentment, the product of that will be walking in fulfillment and joy in our lives. I'll start with divine 
contentment first, and you'll see why this produces joy. 1 Timothy 6 starts like this. 1 Timothy 6, uh, 6 uh, through 10 is what we'll do. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. Okay, there it is. Godly contentment, divine contentment. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. I've mentioned this before, but um, how many know Pastor Howard Skinner, who um, almost a year ago today preached a a service here, did anointing service, and then he passed away this year. Thank God we got him in when we did. Um, Didn't have much more time with him. Uh, little did we know. But one thing, um, we, we helped Pastor Howard and Betty downsize from their last house, and he ended up giving a bunch of stuff. Of, they just didn't need that much. They gave a bunch of stuff to our staff and to, to us, and we're just like, wow, this is so generous of you. And he was always like, well, you can't take it with you. you know. He's like, you never saw a U-Haul following a hearse. You know? And he was just at that stage of his life where he was just offloading stuff, can't take it with you. We brought nothing in the world. We can take nothing out of it. Verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I would add, if you live in Colorado, you probably need some shelter as well. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Let me ask you a question. Is that a picture of a joy-filled life's life? No, that is not a picture. Running after, you know, this desire to get rich and have more, 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 that is not a picture of a joy-filled life. Paul says to Timothy, some people even wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. This is a big deal. Here's the deal. Money in and of itself is not evil, but money makes a terrible master. Money is a great tool, but money makes a terrible God. Okay? Money is supposed to serve you, not ser- you serve money. Amen? Okay. And by the way, there's nothing that says money doesn't own me like giving it away, like being a generous person. Amen? Okay. The Lord is an excellent provider, as any good father is. But our focus should be on following the blesser, not the blessings. Amen? Um, if, you, if you pursue God's heart, you get his hand. Amen? You pursue the heart of God, the hand of God becomes available to you. Um, but many people, they pursue the blessings of God without the heart of God. Okay? Look at what it says here. In, this is an amazing verse, though. Proverbs 10, 22. It says this. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. He adds no sorrow with it. Okay, uh, how many know that many times uh, prosperity comes with attached sorrows to it? Okay, but the Lord's when the Lord blesses us, He blesses us and adds no sorrow with it. Um, let me illustrate this uh, with another verse. It says this in Ecclesiastes five, uh, verse ten and, and twelve: Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Verse twelve. The sleep of the laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. Let me ask you a question. How much is too much? It's too much when you stay up worrying about all that you have. Amen? Uh, You don't have a grace to carry it. That's too much. When the blessings 
in your life are preventing you from having peace, those are too expensive. Okay, so how much is too much? Well, when you stay up worrying about all you have and all the things you have to um, worry about, that's too much. If the blessings occupy all your time, energy, and rob you of overflow, I just want to tell you those things are not worth it in your life. Um, <clears throat> sometimes people ask me, uh, they'll say, uh, how, big, how big do you want your church to be? And, if, you know, I want our church to grow. Yeah, sure, I want to reach people. But here's my answer to, to everyone. I, I always say, like, however big the Lord wants it to be. You know, however big the Lord wants it to be. If he wants it to be 300, 500, 5,000, whatever, however big he wants it to be. Um, I have a mission, and I have a more obligation to reach as many people as possible with that mission, but really the results are in God's hands. Okay? But here's what I want. When I go to bed at night, I want to be able to say, because you know how all the problems start coming up as you're trying to fall asleep. You guys know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> this is what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to lay in bed at night, think of a problem, be like, God, that's your problem. That's your problem, Lord. You're going to take care of that. You're going to help me with that. You're going to give me the answer for that. Because this is yours. Amen? Okay. So that's what I want. And if listen, if, I, if you're doing something, you're stepping into something that God didn't give you grace to carry, you're going to have to toil and labor and spin to keep that thing maintained. But if God's given you the grace for it, he will let you have peace in it. So listen... <clears throat> We all have needs, and we can and expect that the Lord would even bless us above and beyond our basic needs. But you and I don't want more than what the Lord has given us the grace to carry. Let me give you a few examples of what this looks like. Um, uh, over the past, I don't know, I'd say five, six years, um, we have a friend, and this particular friend um, was doing okay in life. Um, marriage was um, not great with his, with his spouse, but not that great either. This person came into a lot of money. They got a lot of money. What that money did is actually afforded him a lot of options that he didn't otherwise have. And sometimes those options um, opened up, uh, it opened up more options that inevitably um, uh, hurt this person and hurt their, hurt their marriage and hurt their family. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is a person about five years ago. Um, how many know um, professional athletes? Many times, they um, very few of them have the maturity to steward when they step into becoming a professional athlete. They start making all this money. Very few of them have the maturity to steward that kind of money, and oftentimes it will hurt them. I remember hearing, um, just for example, I remember hearing Vance Johnson, who's a how many know Vance Johnson? He's a former. Former Denver Bronco, Leslie's like, yeah, he's a strong believer. He's a, he's a strong uh, follower of the Lord, and he, he goes around and speaks. And I uh, uh, recently heard him speak within, I think it was the last year. Um, <clears throat> and he was saying, as he's a Denver Bronco, he, he, he loved the Lord, like knew the Lord, but was like not walking with him. And the, the options that were afforded to him were like ruining his life. How many know being a, a star on the Denver Broncos all that money, like people, like women are throwing themselves at him. He says he, <clears throat> he was, he had two women pregnant at the same time. One of them was his wife, and one of him was one of them was someone else's wife. How many know that's not a good thing? Okay, he was living <clears throat> a wild life. Okay, so God doesn't want to give you more than what you're able to steward. Um, and an, an example of um, how the Lord incrementally blessed people 
is the children of Israel. When God brought them into the promised land, he gave them the land bit by bit. He didn't give them more than what they could handle. And this is oftentimes the way the Lord blesses us in our lives. Typically, the Lord doesn't just drop a blessing all on us at once. He incrementally gives us blessings because he wants to give um, blessings to us in such a way that prospers our hearts. Not just prospers our, uh, prospers our bank accounts, but actually prospers our hearts at the same time. Amen? So let me, let me illustrate this with this verse again. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The word there, uh, the phrase, makes a person rich, in the Hebrew is actually just one word. And here's the Hebrew word. It's ashar. Everyone say ashar. And it means this. To accumulate, to grow, causatively make rich. Okay, so there's a picture of incremental growth. The Lord, the Lord makes, you know, uh, the blessing of the Lord makes someone rich, but he doesn't do it all at once. He incrementally grows. Um, and it means uh, in biblical applications to become rich, to make rich, or to wax rich. Okay, wax rich. What is that all about? Is it like wax on, wax off? No? No, what, is, what, is, what does wax, uh, wax rich mean? Um, I want to show you a picture in, in biblical times of how candles were made. And this is, this is um, a picture of how the Lord incrementally blesses us and gives us as we can handle it. So go ahead and roll that video. Hot wax, and I'm taking it out. I'm just going to dip it into the water. This is water. This is hot wax. So anyway, I put that in there, and then I kind of hold it until it kind of forms. Notice how it straightens that out. So now we have a nice straight wick. I dip it in. I let it drip. I put it in the cold. Now, a few times, you're going to have to straighten this back out again. And then you just keep on going in the wax. Don't hold it in there or all the wax will melt off. And then over there. Now I'll just kind of skip ahead just a little bit. Here's one that's got a little bit further along. Again, same, same basic process, in and out, in and out. Here's one that I took further along and I'll just put it down in there one more time, pull it up. This is about the size that I, that I like to get them right there. So that's a hand-dipped beeswax candle. You don't have to have a whole lot of stuff to do that. Or you could just go to the store and buy some. So, which is what we did here. But that is a picture of the Lord makes a person rich. The, the Hebrew word is literally waxes rich. In other words, he doesn't drop everything into our hands all at once. Why? He knows what we have the grace to steward and the grace to handle. Why? He's a loving father. He doesn't just drop it all on us at once. Um, if, if I had a million dollars, which I do not, um, if I had a million dollars and, my, and my, young, you know, my youngest daughter turned 18 and I said, you know what? I'm going to bless her. I'm going to give her one million dollars. Someone might look at that and say, wow, what a blessing. But how many know that in the end, that would probably, probably be anything but a blessing to her? Amen? Why? Because there's too much too soon. She couldn't handle it. What does she need? She needs a clunker junk car and a really 
manual labor job, amen? Those jobs, by the way, when you're a teenager, young adult, those jobs are so good for you. You learn so much in those. I don't want to hire anyone who just went straight from Bible college to ministry. I want, I want someone who actually worked a terrible job for a while and had to submit to a boss they did not like, because then they'll appreciate what they have, amen? <laughs> and of course, you know this. This is with, with kids and responsibilities. How much responsibility should you give them? Or how much... Um, how much freedom should you give them? Well, however much they can handle. And you don't, you don't give a six-year-old all this freedom. You let them incrementally build that up over time. And as they prove themselves, then you give them uh, more responsibilities and more freedoms. Okay, here's the deal. Divine contentment, being content with what the Lord has given us and allowing him to bless us incrementally over time, it is a virtue. And we need to be satisfied with what the Lord has given us. I won't go into the depths of this, but in, in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus talks about um, the kingdom being sown like a seed. And he says, still others like seed sown among the thorns hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Here's, here's what he's saying. Worry, the desire to be rich, and an unchecked wanter equals an unfulfilled and unfruitful life. We don't want that. No joy. All right. So divine contentment. We all need to learn this. And this is the word of the Lord for someone here today, or for many of us. We need to be, uh, learn to be content with what the Lord has given us, and it will equal joy in our lives. And allow the Lord, he is a blesser, he is a good provider, but he doesn't typically drop that all on us at once. Amen? Okay. Now, I want to flip the script because the Lord gave me another word today, and that word is discontentment. In some respects, we should be totally content in our lives, and in some respects, we should have a divine discontentment. Discontentment can feel bad, but if you put a divine in front of it, you go from unfulfilled to missional. Okay? That's divine discontentment. Part of your created purpose is to identify things that are wrong in this world and make them right. That's part of the way God created you. And there's a joy connected to that. And perhaps you're here and you're just like, man, I just feel unfulfilled. I just feel unfulfilled. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have a divine discontentment that isn't, you're not walking in, that you're not stepping into? <clears throat> Oftentimes people will pray prayers like, and I pray this prayer. How many have prayed the prayer like, God, I, God just use me? Just use me. You ever pray that prayer? It's okay to pray that prayer. You want God to use you, amen? Okay, so go pray that prayer. Um, but then God uses them, and then their next prayer is like, God, I feel so used. And God's like, I answered your prayer. You said God used me. Now I feel so used. Now listen, I'm not saying it's okay to like be taken advantage of, but if you pray the prayer, God used me, guess what? He's probably going to use you. And But there's a fulfillment connected to being used by God. Genesis, uh, Genesis um, when God created mankind, he says to Adam and Eve, fill the earth, subdue it. What is he saying? Bring order into chaos. If I know you like I think I do, you've recognized that there are some things in this world that are not right. And rather than being okay with that, you want to right the wrong. What do you do? You go from mourning to missional. Okay, there's a divine discontentment when you see something in the world that isn't right. And God, oftentimes that is the gift of discontentment that God's trying to use you to right the wrong. Amen? 
That's the gift of divine discontentment. There are many things that are wrong in this world, and none of us can fix them all. But God wants to use you to bring order into chaos, light into darkness, good from evil. So I want to just talk real quick. How do you identify the area that God wants to anoint you to bring transformation? Let me ask you a question. When you look at this fallen world, where is the area of your divine discontentment? What burdens you? What grieves your heart? What, what, where does it hurt? And perhaps it is the place of your pain where God wants to anoint you to bring transformation into this world. Amen. When this happens, there's a joy and a fulfillment that happens when you step into that. Um, give you a few examples. My, my wife, Emily, she has a burden for the country of North Korea. She has a burden for the country of North Korea. There's a divine discontentment in her heart for the people of North Korea. She wants to see transformation in that nation. Um, but let me ask, what's, what's your burden? Perhaps it is our school systems. Perhaps it is um, orphans. Maybe it's homelessness. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's fatherlessness. Maybe it's broken homes. Maybe it's um, abortion. Maybe it's the decay of morality in our nation, drug and alcohol abuse. Maybe it's human trafficking. Maybe it's in the realm of government and politics. Wherever you have a divine discontentment, perhaps that is the area that the Lord wants to anoint you to bring transformation into the world. And I will tell you that there is a joy connected to fulfilling your divine purpose. Can I get a witness? Maybe your divine discontentment is people going into eternity without knowing the Lord. That's certainly an area of divine discontentment for me. I don't like it when people don't have the opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I've, I've said this story many times um, from the pulpit, but really one of the main reasons this church exists is because the Lord gave me a, uh, he gave me a why. He gave me a why for this church to exist. And um, early on, before we started the church, I was praying like, Lord, you know, do you want us to start a church? Do you want, us to, do you want me to go work a nine-to-five job? What do, you, what do you want with my life? And I had what I call the Rolodex vision. And I was actually out on a run one day, and I'm praying about these things. Lord, what do you want with my life? You know, I'm in ministry. Do you want me to keep going in ministry? What do you want? And, but we knew we were at a crossroads in our life. And so as I'm running... Um, I have individual faces pop up in my mind's eyes, like a man, a woman, an old man, a young woman, all different ages, all different ethnicities, just a variety of people that, the, that are just popping up in, in, my, in my mind's eye. And I didn't feel that I was imagining them. I feel the Lord was revealing these faces to me. And I, I, I'm, as this is happening, I pray, Lord, who are these people? What are you showing me? What is this? And I felt the Lord speak to my heart and say, these are the faces of the individuals that will come to faith through your ministry. They're lost and they're separated from me, but they're going to find faith through your ministry. And I knew right then and there that the idea to plant City Life Church wasn't just, hey, a good idea because Kurt doesn't know what to do with his life. It wasn't just a good idea. It was a God idea. Okay, that now I have a burden for those people. I have a divine discontentment for those faces that I saw um, and I want to see them come into the kingdom. And I believe we have seen many of them come into the kingdom. What would I do? I went from mourning to mission. Amen? I have a divine discontentment for the lost. And that is a gift of God. What is your divine discontentment? That is perhaps the area the Lord wants to use you to bring transformation to this world. Let me conclude with this. 
We read this verse earlier, Luke 2, 8 through 11. It says this, And there were shepherds out living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, everyone say all. All people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. How many know that the good news, it's a good, it was good news for all of us, that 2,000 years ago in the little town called Bethlehem in a little country called Israel, that a Savior was born to us. It will bring great joy for all people. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's good news for all, but... Romans 10, 14 says this, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Church, I am content with my car. I'm content with my house. I'm content with my clothes. I'm content with my food. I am content in the Lord's sufficiency in my life. But I have a divine discontentment when people don't know the Lord. I want this good news that's great joy for all people to go forward. Amen? My burden is for the gospel. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's your burden? What's your burden? What is the Lord trying to move you from mourning to mission? So I'm going to pray this morning. Um, I'm going to pray for both, both parties, the people that need to just learn to be more content with what the Lord has given us. We do have needs, and the Lord does want to meet our needs, above and beyond that, in fact, because he's a good father. But many of us need to get a hold of the mission that he has for us. And I want to tie the two together. And I, I felt like this morning as I was praying about this message, there is probably a group of people here your desire isn't to get rich in and of itself, but you do want to make a lot of money so that the gospel can be preached, so that the kingdom can advance and move forward. And I just want to say, if um, I want to take a minute and pause it. And if that's you, if you believe the Lord has blessed you um, financially or wants to bless you financially so that you can finance the kingdom of God, um, how many know that's a really good reason? for the Lord to prosper you. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet and I want to pray that the Lord would um, bless you and continue to bless you so that you can advance the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so why don't you guys put out your hands like this. <clears throat> Father, <clears throat> we love you. We thank you for these ones that you have blessed. You have given them um, financial blessing, Lord. And it's, it is because you're a good father and it is because you want to bless them and you want them to enjoy life, Lord. But above that, God, you want them to live in a state of overflow, Lord. So I just pray for divine ideas, the idea to start that business, that invention, that thing that's going to um, be a catalyst for growth in the kingdom of God. We just, in Jesus' name, we just speak new businesses right now, new endeavors right now that, Lord, you're going to bring and generate wealth in people's lives. Why? So that the gospel can be preached the verse after this in Romans 10, 15, 
talks about sending. People have, how can they, how can they go unless they are sent? So Lord, I just pray that we would be senders of those preaching and proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus. God, let us be senders, Lord. Oftentimes we, we pray and bless and anoint those who are sent, but God, what about the senders? So Lord, I pray for senders right now, Lord, that you would cause finances and, 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 and wealth to be generated, Lord, so that we can be senders of the gospel, Lord. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for every person here in Jesus' name. Why don't we have everyone stand to their feet now? I'm going to pray for everyone here. Father, we know that um, we are to be content in everything in our lives, Lord. We are to be content, Lord. I just pray for all of us that we would appreciate and be thankful for the blessings we have in our lives, Lord. God, if there's people here that are just struggling with, ah, this isn't enough, I need more, I need more, they're chasing after things, Lord, I just pray that you would come fulfill the desires of their heart, Lord, and there would be joy produced in our lives, Lord. And I pray for every single one of us. Every Christian needs a mission. Every Christian should have a divine discontentment, something that breaks their heart and burdens them for this world, Lord. And I pray that every person here would be, they would identify, Lord, with a part of um, the world that is broken that they, they can fix, Lord. And I'm just going to pause. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to your heart. What is it? What is it that's broken in this world that you can bring healing to? What is it that's broken that you can bring transformation to? The Lord wants to anoint you in that area. So, Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for today and your people. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen. Amen.